Thanks for joining us this week, and welcome to Mutuality Matters, a weekly podcast hosted by CBE International, where our mission is to promote the biblical message that God calls women and men of all cultures, races, and classes to share authority equally in service and leadership in the home, church, and work. Let's get into this week's episode. Welcome to the Mutuality Matters podcast from Christians for Biblical Equality. Alongside my friend and ministry partner, Rob Dixon, I am Lila Van Gerpen. Can women and men work alongside one another in healthy ministry partnerships? Our answer is an emphatic, absolutely. And on this podcast, we interview practitioners exploring what flourishing mixed gender ministry partnerships look like in the field. This week, our guests are Matt and Becca Meyer, a married couple who served together with InterVarsity Link in Sarajevo, Bosnia, and Herzegovina. They have been together serving in some capacity for the past 10 years. And full disclosure, they are good friends of ours. And at different times, we've partnered with them in ministry as well. Matt and Becca, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. We're super excited to be here. Yeah, it's really fun to be here. Thank you for having us. How do you Absolutely. say welcome in Bosnian? It depends on if you are speaking to a mixed gender audience or not. So if you were, dobrodošli. Dobrodošli. Did I say that right? Well done. Yeah. Got it. There you go, listeners. There's your Bosnian lesson for the day. Matt and Becca, we we like to ask every uh, person that comes on the podcast an icebreaker question at the beginning. What's a mixed gender partnership from literature, the movies, TV that, that you think about that you appreciate and why? So I'm going to admit that my uh, pop culture sort of knowledge is pretty limited. And so I didn't have the deepest well of knowledge to be able to draw from here. But I did think pretty immediately of uh, Rebecca and Ted from Ted Lasso, since we watched uh, Ted Lasso pretty recently. And I just appreciate sort of their process of trust building and working together and overcoming obstacles and even appreciate maybe some of the ways that they um, break some gender stereotypes in their partnership together and and how they operate. So I I really appreciate And biscuits. Sorry? And the biscuits. Yes. And biscuits. The biscuits. Yes. (laughs) Yes, I, you, I, uh, I would say that I probably have an even smaller, less deep well of pop cultural knowledge. And so <laughs> as I was thinking through movies, I thought like, these are all cartoons, but that's because we have two small children. But my favorite movie is, of all time that I could watch a million times is Julie and Julia, mostly because I love food. Oh. But I really appreciate Julia Childs and her husband's characters and their relationship because he really advocates for her and sees like her true desires and giftings and dreams and then empowers her to follow them, even though they are breaking gender stereotypes at the time by her entering the culinary world. And she obviously breaks some glass ceilings and creates new norms in the culinary world, but I just really love their relationship dynamic and uh, the ways that they encourage each other and uh, particularly the ways that he empowers her in that new career. Love it. Love that. Yep. That's great. You are recording right now all the way in Bosnia and Herzegovina. So 
why don't you start by telling us like, what are you doing there? (laughs) What do you do? Where do you serve? And what does ministry partnership look like for you? Yeah. So uh, as you mentioned, we work here in Bosnia and Herzegovina, which is a little country in Southeastern Europe. Um, And we essentially sort of run this cross-cultural ministry internship. So we sort of lead this team of young adults, college students, and recent grads who come here to serve for a year or two and be on a kind of an intensive team together, helping with ministry activities, leading, uh, leading language classes, helping to put on events, helping to lead other short-term teams that come here and sort of just being immersed in the culture and doing ministry uh, with Bosnian college students here. Um, and so we, we job share, we don't have separate job descriptions. We just sort of do this thing together and have been working the last three years, uh, in this specific role, trying to figure out how to do that well together and are definitely still learning and and have learned a lot, but it's been really fun to be in this role together. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, we want to hear more about that, like what it looks like practically. But first, let me ask you, how have you seen the partnership that you've, you're trying to embody day in, day out, being a blessing to your community, to the folks around you, whether it's the interns or the, the Bosnian folks that you get to hang out with? So how's it been a blessing? I think one thing about our particular personalities and style of leadership is we're very much like come and let's do this thing together. So people might use the language of incarnational ministry or just doing life together. And so because we happen to be a couple leading this program together, these interns really see us day in, day out from morning till night. They're seeing us parent, they're seeing us lead meetings, they're seeing us have marital conflict. And we also happen to have lived through the pandemic with these interns. And so we've really done some life while we've been leading. And so I think that being kind of an open book in terms of our marriage and our leadership has really given a a unique perspective to these young people that were not just supervising, but developing and walking with them through a really crazy experience of living abroad in a new culture, in a new place. And that brings up a lot of stuff for them personally. So getting to walk alongside them in that uh, with our unique gifts and strengths. So we're really different people. We have really different gifts and strengths. We have, I think, a common vision for how to do this together. But I think that they receive a much fuller package because and, and leadership development experience because of who we uniquely are. Yeah, I'll, I'll tag on to that if, if that's OK. And just say, I think to to sort of emphasize a couple pieces of that. I think with some of our interns as college students and people just coming out of college, a lot of these young women and men are coming from family situations and leadership situations where they haven't seen mixed gender partnership or like kind of egalitarian mixed gender partnership. Uh, And so I think we've seen ways where that has been redemptive, where that's been healing for our interns. And then I think the sort of way we operate is not the norm for Bosnian culture, Bosnian relationships too. And I, I think that as Bosnian students have seen how we operate, that that's 
maybe help them hopefully to see that there is a different sort of way of operating, different way of life, different way of doing relationships that can be really beautiful. Yeah, we'll we'll come back to that one in a few few minutes because I want to ask you more about that. Eli, you want to ask about struggles, challenges? Yeah, I love the holistic opportunity that you're offering people to kind of see not just like programmatic, you know, discipleship or cross-cultural opportunities or whatever, but, but you're like, Hey, we're living our lives of, you know, with you, we're like opening ourselves up in our family and our conflicts and our stresses. And I love that. So let's look at the flip side of that. What are the struggles or difficult things that you run up against as you seek to do that? Like what challenges are you having to work through in order to partner well as a couple married couple? I think some of the like really basic ones that are probably pretty normal or across the board would be finding the balance between work and private life. So when you go on a date night to not just be talking about work and so shutting that off and having specific times to talk about work and specific times to talk about uh, us and our family and that, you know, it just happens. We're cooking dinner or we're with our children and it'll be like, hey, did you happen to talk to that intern about that issue or where is this at? And so I think it just does kind of consume our life in some ways. And so figuring out what are the appropriate spaces and times to talk about uh, what is our job. I think that communication can be a challenge. So I think you take it for granted or you can't take it for granted as a married couple that we're just sort of this unhindered flow of information one to another. But sometimes we'll take for granted that the other knows something or that something was communicated um, or our team will assume that. And I think that uh, that's not always the case. And we need to learn how to communicate really well, that things don't just happen because we're married. Um, I think equally it can be difficult because someone will address one of us in the marriage and assume that that mm. that they're addressing both of us when even though we're married we share our life together we share ministry we're different people different gifts we do different things and so we have to be clear about um like actually you need to communicate that to becca you need to communicate that to matt or you need to include both of us in that so that we can all be communicating well with one another yeah that requires clarity, right? To be able to know what are your boundaries? What are you not willing to kind of do for others, but really kind of encourage them to like, go talk to the other, if that's what they're trying to do. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking about the situations you've just named. So someone talking to you, Matt, when they should be talking to Becca, I'm just wondering what, what are the things you've done to solve that? So like practically, uh, for listeners who maybe are thinking about doing something similar or they're in a, in a partnership where they have some of these dynamics, what do you do to, to make it, keep it healthy, to make it work for you two and for the folks that you're working with? So what are some of the practical uh, tools you've come up with? So when it comes to practically making our life work, one thing that I've really appreciated from the beginning of our marriage is we just both had this expectation that we were both working and therefore that meant we both needed time to work and we didn't actually have childcare at the beginning. So we had two little kids eventually, not at the beginning, I guess, but 
we had to navigate looking at a schedule and figuring out who is going to work when and who's going to be with our children when. And that's not something that we've actually really seen in a lot of other couples who are working together or just working period. And I've just having that as the baseline for us has been so helpful. And I think that's one of those things that people in this culture see and notice and our team notices that, you know, half of the days I'm picking up our kids from school and with them in the afternoon and half of the days Matt is picking them up and he is with them in the afternoon and I'm working later and I can spend time with students or interns or doing whatever work that needs to get done. And so I've just really appreciated that kind of expectation that we're going to be splitting up the week and finding our time that we can get stuff done and also be with our kids and parent and take them to play dates or swimming lessons or who knows what. So I think that that's been really crucial to our ability. And I think our longevity of working together in partnership. I set boundaries and conversations a lot when I'm talking about someone trying to ask, Hey, I have this really interesting idea for your program, or I want to involve a partnership with you or whatever. Like, can we do this as a team? Um, And for me, I've had to discipline myself to say, you know, that's a great idea or thank you for sharing that with me, but I'm not in a position to make a decision like that just for me, we have to talk about that, either Becca and I or our team, if it's a bigger decision, um, or having the discipline of advocating for Becca. If someone brings something to me that's really not my strong suit, um, that I can say, actually, Becca is far and away a better person for you to be communicating with about that thing because her area of giftedness and expertise fits that much more than me. So I love that answer, Matt. Becca, you want to add anything to that in terms of the practical stuff? I think, I mean, it's really simple stuff that even this week we had to, we had a situation where someone didn't reply all to an email and only replied to Matt. And so I was totally out of the loop of what was going on. So then I sent this follow-up email like, hey, where are we at with this thing? And later realized, oh, there's like a whole email inter- 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 interaction happening that I'm not in on and I'm out of the loop. And so that happens. And I just had to say, hey, I'm a little frustrated. Somehow I got out of the loop on this situation. Thanks for keeping me up to date. In the future, we just need to pay better attention to if people are replying all. And I had to send this person an email and say, hey, in the future, can you just try to reply all so that we all stay in the loop? Because we are not actually the same person and we don't, I don't just receive by osmosis any information that he hears. So it's, I think it's just little practical things like that and remembering to communicate. And I think we do a good job about that. Just saying, Hey, how is that conversation with that intern? Anything I need to be looped in on? Hey, I'm about to go into a conversation, anything I need to remember or, or stay in the loop on, because when we are supervising these people were going back and forth. So I meet with them once a month and Matt meets with them once a month. So there is kind of always this cycle of he's receiving input that I'm not hearing directly and I'm supposed to follow up on it. So we really have to be kind of on top of what's going on. Yeah. Do, do you two have like a standing meeting where it's like, this is a work 
block where we're going to talk about work or it's, do you know what I mean? Or do you have any sort of system for that? We actually don't. And we have at times said we should really do that because there are often more things that need to be communicated than, than not. But I actually think that a lot of times in our team meeting that happens with our interns or with our other local colleagues, a lot of that stuff comes up. So it tends to work itself out. At times I do think though that would that would serve us, but it's not it's not a uncommon thing to spend, you know, the first 10, 20 minutes of a of a date to just make sure, is there anything really important and urgent that we need to get on the yeah. same page about and then move on from that? So you sort of get that out of the system. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Makes sense. I'm curious how much of like gender expectations felt like impact your experience around these things. So like, are people, Matt, you mentioned like, oh, someone might reach out to me because they think I might, you know, have certain gifts, but it's actually Becca that has those gifts or whatever. And so like, how much does gender expectation, gender role expectations um, feed into how you, some of these kind of blurred lines around um, communication and boundaries and stuff? I think that, um, I mean, Bosnian culture is, tends toward being more patriarchal. And so I, I think Becca can share different ways that she's experienced that, but certainly I've had experiences maybe more in a church context than anywhere else where I have been addressed as someone who is the, the key ministry point person or the, the, the leader or whatever the case may be and where I've tried um, and I'm sure that I have failed at different points, but where I have tried to sort of redirect and say, actually, Becca is really good at that, or try to um, advocate for her to be involved in different conversations. Mm -hmm. And um, so I think that's been a place where I've seen maybe most clearly that I've been addressed um, on behalf of the couple uh, but I think it, it does happen in, in other situations and scenarios just because I think some of that patriarchal culture is just in, in the DNA of, mm-hmm. of, um, of the culture here. Yeah. yeah, I think that it happens more in our like life here than it does in our job exactly. So because we work for a university, our supervisors and the other like student workers who are involved in similar ministries, either here or in other countries, I don't feel like we experience that much of that, those explicit gender role expectations on us. I feel like I rarely experience that. It's more in the church here. So, and that's serving and living our life here, which isn't really like part of our job, but it's part of our life. And so um, there are different churches that have that are more egalitarian, more complementarian. We happen to be in a complementarian church. So that has uh, definitely been one of the challenges to know how to navigate that. And I think that that has been, we've still chosen to be there and to serve there, but it just means that our serving opportunities look different than maybe what we would like. So Matt and Becca, you are serving cross-culturally. You're Americans working in Bosnia and Herzegovina. 
how have you experienced cultural tensions because and as you're living out this, you know, egalitarian marriage, this marriage as equal partners? So I, we've definitely have had challenging moments. I think one of the first ones that comes to mind for me was there is this meeting that happens every month and it's called the pastor's meeting for Sarajevo, but it's really a meeting for all the leaders of every church and organization in the city. And it's this beautiful meeting that's actually like pretty historic. It's been happening every month for like decades and for a period of time, uh, our former colleague was attending those meetings and then she left. And so Matt was invited to attend those meetings on behalf of our organization here. And I had been attending them before he did because there was this particular event that was being planned. And for whatever reason, I became the point person to help in that event. And then this conversation happened where it was like, we think that Matt should go to this meeting because, you know, it's mostly men and he's going to get along with them and he's going to, they're going to trust him more. And they just need like that guy time. Mind you, there are other women who go to those meetings from other organizations, but it is mostly men. And I was honestly really frustrated by that because I felt like, I've been going to these meetings. I'm doing just fine. Thank you very much. Like, why does he need to be the one just because he's a dude? And I do think sometimes when you're in ministry and you go to a lot of meetings, sometimes it is nice. Like, great. I don't have to go to that meeting now. You can go to that meeting. But I didn't like the reason for it. And I think that's something that when you're working cross-culture, you really have to wrestle through. Like, when am I going to kind of submit to this culture and say, yeah, he is going to connect with these pastors in a way that I'm not going to. They're just going to trust him. They're going to open up to him in a way that they won't with me. And when do I stand for my convictions and say, I have every right to be in that meeting because we are equals and we are leading this team together. And so I think that was a challenging moment. And I don't like feel bitter that I'm not going to those meeting any meetings anymore, but it was a hard decision. And I think just something that we had to wrestle through. And I think there are other things that happen, you know, just because we are in a more patriarchal society, uh, but particularly in the church, I think we see a lot of um, complementarian expectations on uh, men and women. And so I just, I mean, we go to a complementarian church, so I don't have the opportunity to preach or teach and that's hard and that's disappointing, but we've chosen to be there and serve there. And we do feel really welcomed and loved. And that's just the one piece that is a little bit lacking for us. Yeah. I think obviously Becca bears the brunt of sort of pain and sort of the, I mean, the injustice from aspects of of the culture, but we, I think experience that in other sort of small ways too, as we sort of live in an egalitarian way, hospitality is a big deal here. And so as we're hosting people, um, if I'm taking care of kids, if I'm cooking, if I'm serving drinks, that will get strange looks, maybe questions because that's, that's not, that's not my role. It's not my job. It is. I like to do those things. Similarly, even as we are sort of involved in things at our daughter's school, 
uh, it's been more than once that I've been the only father on calls for, for parent meetings that I've shown up to these things when everything is being addressed to moms and their expectations about mom's involvement in different things. And I'm, I'm kind of like, well, Hey, here I am as well. Um, and so I think we've just become aware of different ways that in our marriage are the roles that we have fallen into because of our, our personalities and our gifts, not because of our genders sort of fall outside the lines of what Bosnian culture would say you should do in different, um, different circumstances. And I think we hope in some ways that that uh, sort of messes with people a little bit. So, so that's a, a fascinating question to me. And Becca, you posed it earlier. So how do you decide, and maybe mm-hmm. if you're willing to let us into that decision-making process a little bit, like when to push mm-hmm. uh, the culture and then when to, when to submit to the culture, I think is the word you use, Becca. So can you, can you just let us into that decision-making process just a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I, a lot of times, honestly, it doesn't feel like you have a choice. It does kind of feel like these are the rules. This is how it works. and deal with it. Um, but I do think we have a, cho- we do have choices of course, and how we're going to respond to those things. So I know that our pastor in a men's meeting at some point, I don't even remember how it got brought up, but it was kind of posed. Like, I think it was in a conversation about who are our elders going to be. And so Matt went into this meeting fully prepared to share from a biblical theological standpoint, why women should be able to be elders. And our pastor was like, just like, yeah, you know, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Like he just was like, I disagree. I have my reasons and I disagree. And so it's not that we haven't just come in quietly and not said anything. They know where we stand, but uh, it doesn't mean that the rules change. So yeah, that was yeah. not even a year into living here that I was invited to a meeting to basically represent and advocate for uh, an egalitarian position in terms of our church's leadership <laughs> and to have my wow. our pastor, who we love, um, put us on the hot seat or put me on the hot seat. And uh, that was interesting, certainly. I think there's a the, one of the beauties of Bosnian culture actually is in different ways. It's okay to push. Like I can have that conversation and I don't have to be afraid necessarily that I'm going to be accused of like all these deeper, terrible things of like being a heretic or that my character is going to be attacked because Bosnian culture in a lot of ways is open about conflict and open Mm -hmm. about being able to say those things. And you can have um, conversation about those types of things without it getting, I think, to the nasty level that it gets to in, in the U.S. in a lot of cases, which which can be really refreshing. Well, this podcast is all about learning ways that women and men can partner together more effectively in ministry. So why don't you share a little bit of your hearts? What do you long to see happen in the church in this area? Yeah, I just think about our church context and I think about the women that I've been able to work with here and I, I think in a lot of contexts, but I just think about like how underutilized Becca is here and the gifts that she has in teaching and in leading prayer things and ways that she could 
specifically, even in a time like this, when our church is moving a certain direction where Becca could bring teaching and could bring leadership, but where um, that isn't necessarily as as welcomed as we would want it to be. And so I, I think like this isn't anything earth shattering, but I want to see the church be open for everyone in the body to be able to bring their giftedness and who we are, because I see very real ways that in a smaller context, that there's, there's poverty in terms of what is available at a church because of people's gifts being held back. Yeah, I think that I just really appreciate the freedom to do things that I'm good at and to not do things that I'm not good at. And for Matt to do things that he is good at and to not do things that he is not as good at. And that's one of the best parts about working together and doing this job share situation is because if you know me, you know that I am not the best detail person. And so the fact that my administratively very gifted and very thorough person right here can do that part of the work, and that doesn't mean I don't do any of it, but can do the majority of it, and that I am maybe carrying a heavier load in some other areas, it's it's beautiful. And I, I think we all have jobs where there are pieces of our jobs that we're not as good at, but we have to do, or we don't like doing as much. And to be in a job sharing situation where, okay, yeah, there are some things that maybe neither of us really loves to do, but to be able to pick and choose, okay, why don't you work on this? I'm going to work on this. And of course we have things that we're doing that are not just this thing together. Like he has side responsibilities that I'm not involved in. And I have side things that I'm doing that he's not involved in, but our main work is shared. And I just think that it doesn't have to be in a marriage. It can be in a team where we just figure out, let's see who's the best fit for this. And it doesn't matter what your gender is. It just matters what you're good at, what you want to learn and grow in. And that's, I just don't understand why that's not how everybody operates because it just seems to make so much sense to me. So. Amen. Amen. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you're, I don't know if you're preaching to the choir. It depends who's listening, I suppose, but, but amen to that, Bex. Thanks for sharing that and, and that word. Um, let me just ask this last question. So you two are on social media to some extent. I know Becca, you're on the gram, Matt, I know you're on Twitter. You okay to share that with folks? Yeah, sure. I mean, I don't know what kind of like earth shattering things people are going to get, but you can follow me on Twitter at, uh, at Matt E. Meyer. And that's probably the place that I engage the, the most often. Yep. And I'm just Becca Meyer on Instagram. You're all not going to find a lot of stuff there, but that's where I am. B-E-K-A-H-M-E-Y-E-R, a little bit of a different spelling, but that's me. Awesome. Nice. Matt, Becca, thanks so much for being a part of this. It's been really great hearing from your stories and your perspectives and just your passions for living out ministry together in a culture um, that you seek to love and serve. So thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, it is our pleasure. It's been real fun and we can't wait to continue to learn alongside you all. Yeah. Thank you for having us. It's been fantastic. Well, there you go, Rob. What a great conversation with Becca and Matt. 
I'd love to kick us off in this time of debrief. So what did you hear? What is staying with you? Yeah, well, of course it's, I mean, we both know and love Becca and Matt and um, I miss working with them day in, day out. They're, they're doing what the Lord's called them to do, but what a joy to, to be with them. I, I think for me that, that moment where they talked about discernment of trying to discern when to nudge the culture and when it's just a closed door and they just need to sort of submit to the culture, that's an interesting thing to think about. And how do you make that assessment? And I imagine there are listeners who are either in a cross-cultural situation who have that same calculus they're trying to do, or even if they're in a church context where they want to bring change, they want to bring, they want to nudge the church in a more egalitarian direction, but how do you make that call? And I think that's a, I don't have any answers. It's just more like that question and asking the Lord kind of what's the, what's the right way to go ahead here and move forward. Mm-hmm. So that was, that's something I'll be thinking about. How about for you, Lai? Yeah. yeah. I appreciate the care and concern to both love a community with integrity that shares different beliefs around this mm-hmm. and, and kind of similar to you. Um, I, you know, I love that Matt shared, you know, early on within the first year of bringing his passion and conviction around mixed gender partnership to the table and how Matt and Becca are loving and living amongst a community, um, but not withholding who they are and not minimizing their value for this. And so I think for me, one thing that's staying with me is just um, towards the, uh, towards the end when both Becca and Matt were just sharing, like our hope and vision is that we can serve out of the area of our gifting. And Mm -hmm. I just thought like, how free would our would churches be if every person could feel like unfettered by those gender expectations and consider how has the Holy Spirit gifted me yeah. and how can I use that to love and serve others? Mm. And then we can use all the energy we use to kind of categorize people based on gender and actually go innovate and, and really kind of love people well and in freedom. And so, yeah, I think just this idea that we can love and serve each other out of the area of our gifting and not these prescribed gender roles. So I love how Becca said it's, it would be beautiful. It's beautiful when that happens. I mean, that's, she's right. She's right. Let's do more of that in the church. Amen. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you for joining us today. If you enjoy this podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Follow Christians for Biblical Equality on Facebook and Twitter for up-to-date info and content. You can leave us a rating or review on whatever podcast platform you use. And if you loved this episode, please share it with a friend. I'm Lila Van Gerpen and and with my co-host, Rob Dixon, we'd like to thank our talented editor, Landon Hook, as well as Christians for Biblical Equality. Be sure to listen to other episodes with our team of co-hosts coming to your devices every week. We are the Mutuality Matters Podcast. Thanks for listening. Looking for more information about CBE and our mission for biblical equality? Then please visit cbeinternational.org for more information. And please be sure to tune in each week for new episodes here or wherever else you listen to podcasts.